0: Welcome to the Accelerate Podcast, a podcast for high-performing current and aspiring female founders and CEOs across Africa. And for those who also have a passion for Africa, this is the place to learn about the critical success factors and best practices of some of the most amazing, high-performing female founders and CEOs. As we help you grow to be the best version of you, Achieve time and financial freedom whilst living a significant life. Thanks for tuning in to listen. I'm your host, Nekamubi. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to yet another edition of the Accelerate podcast. And I'm super excited to have to introduce my guest to you. Her name is Nana Ama bochwey She's the founder of N. Endowona and Company. She's ranked as a leading lawyer in Legal 500, Chambers and Partners, and the International Financial Law Review. She has advised on numerous significant investments and divestments in Ghana and in other parts of Africa. Nana is a graduate of Princeton University's Woodrow Wilson School undergraduate program, the New York University's Stern School of Business and Columbia University School of Law. She's also been a director in several
1: boards in Africa.
0: Nana, I'm a very warm welcome to you. And I'm really excited to have you on.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Naka. Thank you. I was listening to actually
0: an earlier podcast um, in which you were the guest and Also, during one of our sessions, that you never intended to be a lawyer. It was not what you set out to to be. Can you shed light on that?
1: (laughs) Yes. So I think when I was little, I had all kinds of, and I still do have all kinds of interests. Um, I think when I was very young, I wanted to be an architect for a long time, I was always very interested in design. I still am design and all things beautiful. And then at a certain point, I wanted to be a psychologist. I was always very interested in perspective. I wanted, always wanted to see the world through somebody else's eyes. And was always very interested in, you know, how people related to other people. I didn't start out in life wanting to be a lawyer and definitely not a corporate lawyer. Right.
0: So what made that switch? And then to even attend one of the best law schools says quite a lot about you. And obviously you took it very seriously when you
1: decided to do that. What prompted that switch? I think I used to work. I started working very early in life, very young. And one summer I got a job working for Pricewaterhouse as a summer intern. And I was very young. I think I was maybe my first year of undergraduate school. So I was... Basically, the kind of intern who would do anything. I mean, if they told me to go get coffee, that's what I would do. I did whatever I was asked to do. And one of the projects that I was asked to work on was assisting one of the partners who was working on a German-U.S. tax treaty. And so his work was kind of, he did some tax law and tax accounting, and that was really my first introduction to the kind of work that I do now. And I found it incredibly interesting. I had originally attended Princeton and uh, to be a math major. A math major. I was always very interested in, yeah, it's a World Cup secret. <laughs> I was always very interested in, in logic. Always very, you know, mathematical in my thinking. And I really could see how I could marry logic and some of my other interests through law. And so it just, you know, when I finished my undergraduate and I looked at the various options, it just seemed like the one that spoke to me the most, so I have to say, straight out of undergrad, I did go and do my MBA and a master's in accounting.
0: Oh, wow. Okay, so you're an accountant, and then you're also a lawyer. So I guess you also now understand complex deals, and that's why you specialize in things like that, that really use a lot of the brain and not just legal work. I'm not a legal person, but if you understand with a way, a lot of thinking, and yeah. you know, you're creating trends... Yeah, putting together a good transaction, right? I mean, one of them was a very large, I believe, an investment in a huge investment, um, an international investment in Ghana that you, you worked on, right? What triggers that interest? Those complex skills, that's the word, complex transactions.
1: I think my interest in it is the same as my interest in maths, it's problem solving. And I think this is a very interesting kind of problem solving because it is really multifaceted and it's not just, so mathematical problems can be complex, but the kind of complexity that comes from the sort of things that we do has to do with things that are not necessarily always predictable, don't work rationally, basically the human element. So it's, I love what I do because it, it brings in my love of problem solving. It allows me a great deal of variety. I think a really good advisor is part, sort of, you know, pseudo psychologist. Is but I mean, not psychologist, but you have to understand the psychology of, you know, how people think and how they analyze risk and, you know, how they interact. Negotiations is a lot about. How people think and mindset. It's
2: really interesting how you've been able to marry your interests, um, into a profession. Very interesting. And, in, and actually now specializing in a, in that particular area of law and crafting something that really works for you, you know, based on really your interests, your passions, your experience. Very interesting point, actually, right there.
1: Okay. You, go ahead. I think you have to in order to be successful and to continue in a particular field for a long time. For me, it's got to continue to be interesting. And what I love about what I do is the variety. You get to see a lot of different types of work, but analyzing and looking at it through a particular lens. And so, you know, one day maybe you're helping a pharmaceutical company, another day you're helping an agribusiness, another day you're helping a power producer, another day you're helping an oil super major. So you're learning a little bit about all these different businesses and industries, and I find it incredibly Yeah, well, it's it a
2: very important point that actually I'm going to take some time to think about um, have one of the success um, criteria of a high-performing female founder, you know, staying in for the long haul, right? And crafting a space, you know, intentionally doing that. So now you had, you know, with a very top education from top school in the United States, you left all that to move to your home country of Ghana. What content the move? And this is kind of like going to start all over again. Why did you take that boom step?
1: Yeah. So at the time I was married to a very wonderful man who always, when, when we met, he said he was always moving back home and he wanted to to come back. He is Ghanaian is, is as well. And he always wanted to move back. And I think that's one of the things that I loved about, about him when we met, because I had left when I was really young and uh, moved to England when I was seven and then moved to the U.S. when I was 18. Um, and very, I was always very proudly Ghanaian, but I, I always knew that it was important for my children to have the experience of living and growing up in Ghana one of the things that i think really served me when i moved to england and to the us was having had that experience of living in ghana and being the majority and not having basic things about your ability questioned purely um on the basis of your race um so i i it, that that was very very helpful to me when i went to when i went um particularly to the US, because, and I think also to some extent to England, Um, it didn't occur to me that somebody would think, oh, you can't do science or you can't do this because you are this type of person. And not having the, that mindset helped me, helped me tremendously. And I wanted my children to not only have that experience, but to to learn their culture and to understand where they come from. And so- when we moved the, the, our children were very young my eldest was 6 i think and then no he was about 5 so they were 5 3 and 18 months or something and um yeah and i i'm i'm very very happy it's been it's been an interesting journey but i'm very happy that they've had that experience and they too um the, the boys have moved to the us they too are very happy that they've had their their childhood in that
2: we share similar experiences as well because actually my children moved them back and actually had gone through a divorce but still moved along, went forward with the plan to get the children to have that African-Nigerian foundation. So they were seven and five when they moved back.
1: Oh, wow.
2: is 19 now. They've all moved back and he's so thankful. that mom, yeah. thank you for, well, two of them, for giving them the experience of moving back, despite even in such um unfortunate circumstance or the circumstance I was going through at that time hmm. um, but deaf private still moved back and um, I'm sure you, I mean any regrets for doing that?
1: I mean it, it was it was it was difficult it was difficult and you know you had to really think about can they get a, the, the very best world class education and I think you know could they have gotten if we we're just looking at academics and access to resources and things. Could they have had a, a better um, educational experience in the U.S.? Probably. But when I look at it on balance, I mean, would they have had access to things like, you know, different extracurriculars and, um, you know, what would that have meant in terms of preparation for college and stuff? They, they I think they might have been on a different trajectory. But when I look at it on balance, I think that um, I think that was the right decision to have taken. And I I look at I look at them as whole people and I'm immensely proud of the people that they have become. Uh, They are they're they're wonderful people um, and well-rounded and they have a, a um, a global perspective, which I think in today's world is going to be really important. And I don't think that they would have had that if if we had chosen to, to my, my ex-husband was a doctor and I was a lawyer. So people used to joke that we were like the Cosbys. I don't think that they would have had that perspective if we had chosen to continue to live Cosby Show type life in New York.
2: And that's actually building the next generation, right? And setting them up for success to be able to compete in an increasingly global world. Anyway, I don't know how we'll move to motherhood, but that's also part of being a high-performing female founder because you also wear the mommy hat, right? And these are things to, to consider. So, yes, you have that with you. But Then you then started working on building a practice in Ghana. So what's been your experience? I believe you've been, you founded this over Um, What's your experience? What's been the highest high and the lowest low? <laughs>
1: Naka, I mean, I knew when I said yes, I knew you were going to challenge me. (laughs) Um, I actually started another business and then was asked to go in-house with a client. So the the current firm that I run is 10 years old this year. Um, What's been the highest high? My goodness. (laughs) Putting you on the spot. Sorry. It's a difficult one. It's such an interesting question. I mean, there's so many. It's difficult to pick one as the highest. Um,
0: or oh, what's been a good high? Let's say good, a good one.
1: Yeah, I'm just I trying to... to I, think, I think I'm going to tell you what I'm most... What makes me really happy. The thing that makes me really happy is when I see some of my employees, all of my... I'm very proud of all of my staff, but when I see some of my staff and in the time that I have known them and, you know, in some small way because of the, of the opportunity that my firm has created for them, you know, I want to see how they have used that opportunity to transform their lives. I mean, it is, yeah, it's the best, it's the best feeling ever, you know, and some of them, uh you know, have, From the time that we met to where they are today, they've done tremendous things, you know, and it's not just coming to work every day, but they've come to work. They've been going to school at night and, you know, they've gone from having one degree to, you know, being having master's degrees. Yeah. So for me, seeing the personal growth and development of some of the people that I've had the privilege to work with is incredible. And seeing how, you know, some of the people who are now alums, you know, where they have gotten to. uh, And when they come back and they tell me some of the stuff that I learned in your small law firm served me so well and has helped me to get to this point. I mean, that is incredibly rewarding for me. The lowest lows, I think those have to do with some of the challenges of doing business in the part of the world that you and I um, work in. And, you know, they relate to things like just incredibly difficult uh, economic circumstances and, and very difficult things like not having access to credit. And after 10 years in business, and the business has been growing year on year you know it's still difficult to get access to an overdraft line or just basic things that one needs to really scale a business so some of those things i think i some some days are incredibly incredibly confounding and frustrating so some of those some of those things and i think that governments and and things can do a lot to make it easier for small businesses to to grow, and I, I'm I'm happy to say that I see um, the government in Ghana taking certain steps to to help small businesses. So I think some of the, the some of the lowest lows have to do with some of the the basic struggles that I see as uh, needless, and that could be easily erased. That are still very real challenges for most businesses.
2: And that's really why one has to really applaud female founders who are really making their mark in their respective fields of endeavor, you know? I mean, you've been in America, you know how it works. I came back to the States and I set up a, well, I acquired a business. You know, I got funding within a, a month to get that. And so when you say things like that, you know, so when a, an African woman is is successful and is doing well, particularly one who has international experience and has tasted what it is to, to operate in another in part of the world, you know, I really have to drop my head and applaud you.
1: Thank you. For doing that. And
2: then even when you said your highest high, it wasn't really about, oh, you won this big deal. I mean, there are massive deals with You've executed really massive in the hundreds of millions to give that figure. You didn't say that it was just the the pride and the fulfilment of seeing others that you've given the opportunity to be and do. Who would not have ever had that opportunity? It's what gives you that fulfilment, you know. So I applaud you. Thank you. Thank other. you, my sister. Thank you. Another question, kind of shifting gears. I know you have been on a member of the board of really highly reputable company. How did you prepare for that role? And um, can you just give one or two insights for those who, who are thinking of or who desire to join some of these boards? I have mentored a few of them as well. And they really like to know maybe
1: one, one, one thing you
2: did on how you position yourself to be considered
1: I'm just trying to think back to my first appointment. You need to network. You need to network um, because my first appointment came to me because somebody I knew and who, uh, you know, thought highly of, of my professional reputation and, and what I bring to the table, they recommended me. So somebody else who was in the room where a decision was being made uh, recommended, put my name forward. And when my name was put forward, I had what they were looking for. But I needed somebody in the room to put my name forward. And so I think networking is something that everybody has to to do, you know, from when you leave secondary school, even, even during secondary school. People need to understand what networking is. It is not, in my opinion, it's not going to mixers and cocktails and Handing out cards. That's not networking. Networking is building relationships with like-minded people and even not like-minded people, building relationships with a wide variety of people and maintaining those relationships, you know, taking care of those relationships, keeping in touch with people because you never know where people are going to end up. Um, And deep relationships. So your relationships from school, you know, I encourage my children to keep in touch with their friends and their acquaintances from school and university. Keep those connections going. And in professional uh, circles, you know, the junior staff, I encourage them to make friends and to remain close to the people that they went to school with. Who may end up in different places in government, in different countries. Um, so networking consistently is very important. That and then building your personal brand. Now, building your personal brand is is a lot more than making sure that you have a lot of connections on LinkedIn or a lot of followers on Instagram. What I mean when I say building your personal brand is being consistent in the things that you claim are important so and working to make sure that you are constantly refining your skills and honing your craft so that your work speaks for itself um the things your values and stuff are reflected in in your behavior so you are the same person you know, wherever people find you. It's not that, you know, when you're in in one room, you're this kind of person. And when you're just being consistent, um, I'm not going to use the word authentic because it's bandied about quite a lot, but being consistent. So if you say you're about excellence, let that be seen in all that you are doing. Because people are watching, right? And checking out. Yes. And if the people that you are not thinking are watching... Your classmates, um, primary school friends. These people have seen you for a very long time, you know, and they can actually vouch Interesting.
2: for you. I bring up again here, actually. Okay, let's get to something lighter now. So when you are not working on a complex deal, right, how do you unwind? I mean, look at the lovely space behind you. I'm like thinking about my like, oops. Okay. You're <laughs> I mean, so beautiful. What else? What
1: do you do? Thank you. Thank you. What do I do? I play tennis. I love tennis. I play tennis every Saturday. Um, I love to read. I read quite a lot. I now I, I listen to audiobooks quite a lot because I read a lot for work and I'm concerned about eye strain. So I listen to a lot of books. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah, I'm always trying to find, I'm always trying to develop in some way you know i love listening to things about neurobiology and brain and how the brain works i'm and, winding down. oh for me it is i'm a neurobiology i mean i love that stuff there's well it, it sounds complex there's this great podcast called hidden brain okay and they talk about all all sorts of things about how the brain works how the mind works i love beautiful things so whenever i get a chance i'm Moving things around in my house, redecorating, and I have a, a huge veranda in my house and I full of plants, um, and I have a little garden that I I like to design and putter around in, and playing with my dog, and yeah, hanging out with my daughter, who is an incredible amount of fun, and talking to my boys who are not here. So those are my favorite things. So I have a full, rich.
2: Which non-working life. I don't know about the podcast on the brain, but obviously that's what you're
1: passionate about. That's you need to listen to that. I, I, and I am, actually. <laughs> I am I'm going to tell you, whoa, that's very, very insightful. And it's very fun. I, I want to touch on this point you make about the full life because I think that's one thing that, as women, we have to be really mindful and intentional about. Um, you know, there's never going to be a time when you're going to finish everything, all the things you have to do to get to the things that you want to do. So one of the things I, I think I have succeeded at is moving forward in all different aspects of life. So I've done all these things from a professional standpoint, but I've also had four children in at the same time. And I have a wonderful friends from around the world that I, I am in touch with. And, you know, so it's important to have fun to, you know, to exercise, to, to not take yourself too seriously. Final
2: questions. What do you consider the role of coaching is, I mean, to be coached and to coach others? What do you think about that?
1: I think coaching is incredibly important. I have had coaching. It's important to find the right person for you. When the chemistry is right, the coaching is incredibly important and it's incredibly helpful. I have found it tremendously useful at significant points in my journey when I was thinking through a bunch of difficult decisions and I just wanted to discuss it with somebody who was removed from the situation you're not your best friend and and those are important people to discuss things with because they know you very well but it's sometimes very useful to have somebody who is completely removed and dispassionate and can help you to think about how you're thinking So that's my own personal coaching experience. But I like to think that I serve as a sort of coach for some of the people who work with me. Everybody needs somebody who is going to encourage them. And and sometimes that person can see things in them that they can't see in themselves, positive things. I have been very lucky in that I've had along my way I've I've had people invest in me. I've had people yeah go out on a limb for me and I think it's very important for me to to do the same for others. So I do that quite intentionally. And actually I'm at the point now where people just reach out to me and ask me if if I can mentor them and can we have Quarterly chat, and they will share with me what their plans are and ask me to give them my thoughts. So I think I find that very, very, very fulfilling. And I love doing that kind of stuff.
2: It tells. Okay. So the last question, and not the least speaking to your younger self, I know there are several, while this program is really for high performing female founders and CEOs, I also know there are those in their mid career or just some, maybe a legal professional just starting out with uh, building hard practice, what things or what um, points, insights would you like to share? As we end this conversation, I could go on, but I'm mindful of time as
1: well. I would say that it's very important for everybody to take the time to figure out what is important to them, to be clear on what their values are, what their goals are, And to make a plan, to be very intentional about planning for the kind of life that they want to live. And to make sure that whatever they're doing is in line with what it is that they say they want to achieve down the road. I think it's also very important to try A variety of things. So if you, you know, along your path, there are things that you really want to try, try them. My biggest fear is getting to a point where, you know, the things aren't possible anymore. And I haven't tried some things that I really want to try. So I think people should start to take risks, learn to take risks early. And I'm not talking about gambling. I'm talking about planning well thought out things and, and take Risk. I think women were very, very conservative and needlessly overly risk averse. So I think women should learn to take risks from an early age. Believe in yourself. You may have a dream about what it is that you want to do, and other people will not necessarily see what it is that you see. They won't share your vision. Even very well meaning people, your parents, the people who are closest to you will dissuade you from certain things because, you know, they're they're worried for you. You should believe in yourself and not just believe in yourself, then actually take whatever preparatory steps you need to take to make sure that you can achieve what it is that you want to achieve. I know that when I, you know, announced that I was pregnant in law school, (laughs) my parents, my loved ones were horrified. Because they thought, oh, she's come all this way. Only now to just, she's now just going to be barefoot and pregnant. And, you know, it's all going to be a loss. And, and then, of course, I had children every two years after that. So they continued to be horrified. And How you
2: managed to do everything. I, mean, I would not I amount to anything.
1: Yeah, I, I knew what I wanted. And yeah, I, I didn't let any any naysayers stop me.
2: Moving on, moving along in you know in in alignment with what you desire. This has been a very, very insightful chat, and I hope it was for you too. Um kind of geared off, but you know, as we as we have the conversation, it's meant to be light and really hear your thoughts. Thank you for sharing from your wealth of wisdom and experience. Um, listeners, thanks again for for joining this episode. I'd love for you to post your comments below. And also share with your friends have been extremely insightful. Let us also know what one thing you took away from this episode.
0: Thanks again. And until next time, endeavor to grow, profit, and make an impact. This concludes this episode of Accelerate. All the information links will be down in the show notes. If you have not done so already, hit that subscribe button on your podcast player of choice on Apple. This will make sure you don't miss any of the amazing content we have lined up and rolling out for you. If you love this episode, it will mean a lot if you would leave a five-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts. Finally, if you haven't connected with me over on Instagram and you're interested in learning more about similar episodes and all that's happening before they even get announced publicly, let's make sure to connect over there at Accelerate or NeckamWooby on Instagram. But with all that said, I appreciate you being here. I look forward to connecting with you over on Instagram. And until I see you in the next episode, endeavor to grow profit and make an impact.